Yo, this is BJ Gador, host of the Weekly BJ Podcast. I'm a former fat guy turned cover model, and I'm also the former fitness director for the Men's Health brand. I specialize in helping busy men and women just like you burn fat, build muscle, and boost metabolism while having a little fun along the way. And I'll be interviewing some of the most influential men and women in the health, fitness, and nutrition space to give you a weekly dose of Fitspiration. Follow me everywhere on social media at BJ Gador, B-J-G-A-D-D-O-U-R. And for more podcasts, plus workout, meal prep, and mobility content, please visit thedailybj.com, hashtag not a porn site. Membership is just $9.69 per month. Cancel anytime. If you enjoy this episode, please give us a five-star rating and subscribe to the podcast to be notified when each weekly episode is posted. Oh. Yo, this is BJ Gador with the Weekly BJ Podcast, and our guest this week is Don Saladino. He owns a bunch of clubs in New York City, Drive Clubs NYC. He is uh, one of the more influential, successful trainers in the game. He's been doing it for a while, and he trains stars like Ryan Reynolds, Blake Lively, Liv Schreiber, but also regular people. We're going to touch on a lot of the amazing transformations he's experienced and uh, his journey along the way. Don, welcome to the show, man. BJ, thanks for having me on. Real excited. Well, I am too. Obviously, we share some mutual friends like Jen Wiederstrom and Ben Bruno, and uh, I, I wanted best. to get – oh, they're great people, man, and, and I love aligning myself with the, the people that are the best at what they do, and you definitely uh, have earned the right for that. Uh, one of your hashtags, suit up with Don because you train superheroes. That's a really cool – I mean, you're doing like what – when you get into training, it's like what you dream about, getting people ready for a movie. Like how did that all start? How did you get into fitness? And take us through your your, uh, yeah, no, your career, man. Definitely. Definitely, man. Um, you know, so I, I met Hugh Jackman at my club about 11 years ago. He was training with a buddy of mine. Uh, my buddy's wife got pregnant with triplets, and he had a move. And Hugh just was like, Don, I want to work with you. And I think it just naturally kind of progressed into a good re- relationship. I got him ready for Wolverine in Australia. Um, right when the movie Australia came out was technically what I really trained him for because he went right off to shoot that. And, um, you know, at that time there was no social, there wasn't any big social media going on. I mean, it was still all about the press print, you know, I never really exposed him. I just, you know, trained him and focused on his diet and his supplementation and his sleep and recovery and all that stuff. And it just grew. It just was something where, you know, right after I got him ready for that movie, you know, Scarlett Johansson was my next. And at that point it just, it just snowballed. I mean, I had to make a list the other day and I'm probably pushing about 50, 50 celebrities that I've worked with or gotten ready for the big screen. Um, and it's fun because it's, it's more of a, you know, you got a period of time you're coming in with a specific goal yeah, and the goals can be so different. You know, Dave Harbor, I just got ready for Hellboy and we had nine weeks to kind of just keep his size on, but make sure his body became very resilient. On the other hand, I've worked with Ryan Gosling where we had to just get him completely diced up for a movie. So it's fun to kind of go in and, and work with different people for different roles. I mean, I bet it is, man. And obviously, it's, it sounds like you got one, quote unquote, big break with Hugh Jackman. You delivered, and then word of mouth just just took off. I mean, I've never solicited one client. I mean, even to this day, you know, I just got 
Emily Blunt the other day, Chelsea Clinton. I mean, these are all referrals. I mean, they're just, you know, they keep rolling in. So it's something where, you know, do I consider myself a celebrity trainer? I don't even know what that really is. I mean, I, I just, I, I train them. I mean, they're the ones coming to me and I, I've got 10 coaches that work underneath me at Drive 495 and they take a lot of the regular people. But the reason why I like working with the celebs is because it's very goal oriented. Um, you know, they kind of come and go, they've got a, you know, uh, a couple of my, Jake Gyllenhaal is one of my guys and he had to go back to LA. So for, for me, that's, that's fun getting them ready for a period of time and then sending them off and seeing how they do on the project. It's almost like getting an athlete ready for a season and watching them perform throughout the season and have a successful season. So it's very fulfilling. I love that. And you mentioned too, cause obviously, you know, being in New York, I'm, I'm sure has helped, uh, run mm-hmm. into some of these celebrities and then they go to LA sure. and, one thing that really struck me, we've never met before, this is our first time talking, but I, when I saw that you and Ben Bruno had a good relationship and it seemed like you guys were basically swapping clients when they were, depending on which coast they were on, uh, it was just, it said to me that you're obviously someone that isn't insecure or too worried about competing and ultimately it was all about the client and finding the best fit for them wherever they were to get the success they're looking for. Where in this industry, we're almost programmed to like say, oh, he sucks, she sucks, this is my territory, stay away. And that was really refreshing to me. You know, it's funny, you, you mentioned someone like Ben, or I've, I've been hearing your name for years, uh, Jen, you know, Jen Wiederstrom. If you meet these people, what I love about them is that they're genuinely really good people. I'm putting aside the fact that they're great coaches and they really can connect with people, but you know, when it comes down to it, they're doing this because they absolutely love it. And Ben, I was talking to him last night. I called him to thank him because he did a big favor for me and got me onto a segment on the Today Show. And I called him. I said, yo, homie, man, thanks a lot. I really appreciate it. He goes, dude, there's there's lots to go around, man. Like, we're we're doing this for each other. And it was a very, like, it's very humbling to see some, one of your peers who's exceptional in what they do take that attitude as well. Um, and the thing about Ben or Jen, they never really worried about the money myself. It's like, I can't even tell you how many free sessions I've given in my life just to, you know, get in front of people. And it wasn't about talking about pricing. It was just about offering them, um, a service, making sure that the service is beyond something that they wanted. And then the money came and it was just, it was very organic. But I, I think the guys in the industries that, that the guys in the industries that you look at and, uh, that are most successful, they kind of take that same approach. Definitely, man, because, you know, when you know part of being good at what you do is knowing what you're good at and what you're not good at and also just understanding that aligning yourselves yourselves with other good people is a reflection upon you as well. And, and I talk about this all the time, like the, the lost art of the hockey assist. You know, yeah. if, if there's someone you can connect someone with or put them onto that might do a better job than you. You're still part of that success. They might credit that person more, but uh, we, we've forgotten that, and it's all about me and number one and selfie. And so, I, again, I respect that, man, and I think it's, it's a lesson to the younger trainers that might be listening in particular or anybody trying to get ahead in their, their space, their industry. You know, it's funny. Um, who, did I, who did I get that line from? Dr. Greg Rose from the Titleist Performance Institute out in uh, San Diego, California. Um, one of my mentors, one of the guys that I really kind of learned from early on. But I think 12, 13 years ago when he came into my club and he saw what I was doing, and he asked me, he goes, what are you guys trying to be? And we were a little bit of a mishmash of stuff. And he said, listen, man, focus on what you're good at. Surround yourself with a team of people that are exceptional at it, even, you know, even down to how I run this club. You know, all with my digital platform, I have Tiago Passos, one of my uh, one of my best friends and coaches who's worked with me here for 13 years. And I made him a partner of the platform. And, and Kim Nunez, she's been working with me for eight years and she's my manager. And I've got I'm getting to the point now where 
I'm noticing that they are better than me in specific areas. And it's best if I just kind of sit back and give them the line. Listen, I trust, I trust you. You've earned it. And, um, tell me when it's done. And they're almost like, Whoa, they almost appreciate that a little bit. And you, you'd be surprised the big, and you've heard this line a million times, you know, coaches who are getting into their own business. Oh man, it's just, everyone wants me, you know, cause I'm so good. <laughs> it's like, it's like, I'm like, dude, get off your high horse, man. Like, you know, I, I've had every celebrity come to me out of the gate and they wanted to work with me and me only. And you know, in time, it's always been my goal to transition them a little bit to work with one of the other coaches. Because one, I want to show them, um, even though we run the same methodology, I want to show them that, you know, it's, it's, it's okay. If I'm traveling, you shouldn't have to suffer from not training. And Tiago's great, or Chris is greater, or Gabe is greater, or any of these other guys that I have working here. And yeah, let, let, let's spread it out a little bit. If, if, if my client decides to leave me one day for him or her, I mean, whose fault is that? You know, what am I, what am I, I I've got to now, I got to keep the client from working with one of my trainers because I'm so nervous about losing him. It's the same thing. Like I said, like, it's very well, I can send a client to Ben and they might come back and say, you know, what? I like Ben better than you. If they want to be that honest, what am I going to do about that? Am I going to stop giving people to Ben or is Ben going to stop giving people to me? That's not what we're in this business for. We're in this business to get people better. And you know what? If there's something someone likes about Ben over me, I can't bet a thousand. It's impossible. We've got to let that shit go. No, dude, I'm with you. And that's part of why, like, I love getting people on the show, even if they have, like, you know, someone could say, well, I've had someone ask me, why do you promote, uh, get people on the podcast that have another membership site? Aren't you worried they're going to go to their site? Well, if I can't serve them properly, at least I want them to go to somebody that I would respect enough to get in the podcast. So they're getting it somewhere else. Right. So or maybe they want to do, you know, they're part of five different membership sites because they like they like the way you design your strength workouts or they like my conditioning or they like the way this person talks about nutrition and they like to combine it. So I think you're, you're, you're preaching to the choir here. And I think it's just an important point that, um, if you're, whenever you're coming from a place of insecurity and scarcity, uh, you become the worst, the worst version of yourself and, uh, you'll never get ahead in that way. And, uh, I, that's a lesson I learned, uh, early on in my career, luckily, cause I had people that gave me a chance when it, it could have potentially taken work away from them someone like David Jack comes to mind, the guy that connected with men's health, like he was their main contributor. And why would he put me in touch with them? And I started contributing. I ended up working there and he could have lost work or maybe he, maybe he did lose work, but that wasn't his, his thought process because ultimately he was doing work through me. You know what, man, it's, it's the right thing to do. Connecting people, especially in the industry, it's the right thing to do. I've done it a lot with, I've had coaches here that I've, you know, connected with, you know, um, some of my celebs, um, and they haven't done the right thing. And and that's what kind of sucks. It's like, you know, don't forget, I'll never forget where I came from. I'll never forget. I work at a big box gym. I worked for Patrick Malone at the training ground. He gave me my first opportunity on my own. You know, like I, I, I took the guy to lunch, I think it was seven, eight months ago. This was 13 years ago. Like you just can't forget. And I think a lot of the problem right now is you get a lot of these young kids coming in and they're just like, I think the work ethic's a little bit off. And I think like the sense of humility, they're just like, oh no, I can do it on my own. Like, uh, no, Don, no, I, I would have gotten, I would have gotten Scarlett Johansson or, or one of these other clients without Don. 
And I'm like, okay, <laughs> you really think so? Like, <laughs> good luck. Does it work that way? Yeah, good luck. But it's just you kind of listen to that now, and you almost laugh, and you're like, all right, you know, that's just that's just them being naive. But it's around us, and I think that's why when you surround yourself with people like yourself or Ben or Jen or the club, the coaches I have here, you want to really hold them tight, and you really want to you want everyone to win because you know they're good people, and you know in the long run, you know it's all going to come around full circle. I love that. And you were just on the cover of Muscle and Fitness, looking. Like pretty much the perfect combination of swollen shredded, if I must say so myself. Congratulations on Thank that. You. Thank you. Obviously, Thank you. You, you live it. You walk the walk. Uh, it's part of your life. How did you get into fitness? Were you like a skinny guy, a fat guy, a stud athlete that found his way in? What's your story, I man? Pretty, I was a pretty good athlete through through high school. I mean, my my uh, my main sport was uh, baseball. I played baseball, ice hockey. I swam and I played soccer. But I went off to play collegiate baseball. You know, I tried out with a couple of teams after that. It didn't really um, work out how I planned, but I remember going through college and I remember how the weight sessions were really taking precedent on everything else. And I remember just this obsession that I was growing. And even when I was looking for a job outside of college, I'm saying to myself, what can I do where, you know, I'm going to be around the weight room, a FBI agent, a cop, like I'm thinking of all this stuff because I had to be in the weight room. Finally, I realized it was training and I went off and did that and made, you know, made a terrible living the first year, but got my feet wet and was just so excited to be cleaning up weights at a, at a, uh, you know, at a big box facility. And then when I kind of was pushed to break off and start my own business, it just clicked, man. You know, was I the greatest trainer? I mean, how can you be the best trainer in the city at 22? There was so much I didn't know about anatomy and kinesiology and, you know, and there was so much I didn't gain through experience yet. And there was such a one-dimensional way of thinking when it came to training that, yeah, I think why I was even so successful at that age was because of my ability to connect with people. I think that's really what made me successful was my ability to connect with people and the love to just consistently improve. So, you know, in a nutshell, in, in a minute and a half, that was kind of how I got started. And, you know, since then, it's just been this, you know, urge to always get better and, um, I know even with my even with my body, I don't know about you, but I've always lived in this weird area of I call it performance physique, where it's like you have a strength and conditioning world, and you got your bodybuilding world, and you're almost eating into both. Like you're never becoming exceptional at, at anything, but um, you're kind of like a jack of all trades type of thing. Yeah. And um, you know that cover shoot, it was the first time I ever went to a shoot where I didn't carb deplete, I didn't water deplete. You know, I went in. I mean, my macros for five weeks were 275 grams of protein, 90 grams of fat. Uh, 300 grams of carbs every day. I eat the same stuff. I didn't cheat nothing. And I just think it was the monotony of it was what started getting my body drier. Could I have gotten leaner? Absolutely. But I wanted to go in with something that I could walk around with all year long. And I think that took a lot of maturity. I mean, it really took almost 20 years in the industry. I mean, you would know, I mean, you've had the prep for some stuff. I mean, you obviously walk, you know, walk the walk. So, um, well, you got a good physique, man. Well, <laughs> it's dude, pretty impressive. Thank you so much, man. I, and likewise, and I think what you're touching on too is like you're living there, right? You're slow cooking the gains so that you never have to overly stress your body one way or the other and you own it. And that, that's why like when I used to early on, you have to make the mistakes and you come in limping towards the finish line. Like it, it's that Saturday. I, can, wow. I just got to get till Saturday and then I'm going to just totally lose fucking control and gain. I gained 35 pounds in five days once following, yeah, um, I'm sure you've had those experiences too. Yeah. I mean, not as, not as, not as drastic, but I have a friend <laughs> who did. No, I mean, 35 is a lot, It's I legit. Think, uh, but uh, I mean, I, I think my lowest a couple of years ago, I got down to about one, I'm like six one. So I got down from two fifteen to about one ninety eight. This last shoot I got from about two seventeen down to about two Oh seven. 
So I felt a lot better after the shoot. And even for weeks after, I wasn't craving a lot of crap. You know, I started implementing more carbs in. I actually got a little bit fuller. But you you know it, man. It's like a couple of days before when you're doing that water depletion, I remember stopping on 57th and Lex and grabbing onto a stop sign and just being like, holy shit, like I, I need a second. Like I was literally in this like hallucinating state where I couldn't walk and shit was just flying out at me. So it's not – it's not healthy. And I think that's the toughest thing about a lot of these covers is people see the guy or the girl up there dry and veiny and they're just like, I want to get like that. And I'm like, guys, that guy isn't like that <laughs> the majority of the year. It's just it's, – it's, it's tough. It's not healthy either. Well, it's – the answer to that is no, you don't because the thing is there – I remember like having – when I first got lean, again, I was always a fat guy and I played football. I was a D lineman so – uh, having the extra padding was an advantage if, I, if you could still move. And um, you finally get incre- this incredible shape and everybody loves the way you look in those photos. And then you realize, oh, shit, I can't, I can't sustain this. And you're, you're constantly always comparing yourself to this like – this, this, yeah, yeah, this photo, this flash in the pan. And I remember when I did the, the – I was about to do the men's health cover um, and the – editor of the editor-in-chief said to me like it was a couple weeks out he says uh you look great now don't get too pumped up like like i was going to make some serious muscle gaining uh changes in the last couple weeks you know because people think oh drastic things can happen and it's just so funny the perception of what it takes to you know and like you said i I was could i could have definitely have been leaner on that cover but what i was really proud about for that cover uh was that i was still having like my five guys and fries on friday and it so was, <laughs> I was walking around like that. And, and yeah, I was training hard and, and very diligent with my nutrition, but not as ridiculous as I had been in the past. And I wasn't lightheaded, though. I'll tell you what, because you know, when if you go to shoots like this, this is a funny story. I think you might enjoy it. I, I, I think they had so little faith in me that they had four other guys there that day. That oh, no. They, were all, they all had brown <laughs> hair, all dark feature, brown eyes. I was like, holy shit. They, they, these are my backups in case I fucking blow it for the cover. Oh, and, uh, shit. That would freak me out. <laughs> no, it, 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 it was like – and they're actually models, dude. Like they have looks. Like this one guy was like yeah. – he did like yeah. – he had 37 looks and I'm just trying to make one shot without poop face because I look like my face right. is melting when I'm flexing, you know, whatever. And uh, – but, but you it's know, tough. I mean you have – what was it? You have a funny story about the day of or – no, you know what? Fortunately, it was in my gym. I was – you know, I, I knew the people coming in. I mean it was uh, – you know, it was, it was a good experience. I mean, it was, it was about five hours long. Um, the, uh, photographer's name was, was pair. I never said last name, right. Bernal. He, uh, he does a lot of the uh, cover shoots and they were just, they were great. And they were really being nice to me. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure I'm one of the smaller guys ever to be on the cover of muscle and fitness, but you know what? I came in there and I portrayed something I was proud of. And if I had to walk around like that 365 days a year, I really could. I'm probably two weeks out from that right now. It's just, it's kind of the area I like to live in. And I just wanted to show people, listen, you know, I'm someone, I know I'm not the best. I'm a hard worker and I absolutely love what I do. And I want to show that we can do some good stuff with the human body without performance enhancing substances. And, um, that's, that's another tough part about it. You get people giving a lot of advice who kind of go to the dark side, as I, as I call it. And, um, you know, it's, it's painting a bad picture. You got these young kids. I mean, even me, I mean, I think about myself when I was 16, 17, 18, really getting into this. And I'm looking at guys going, God, I'm not even close. How many get there? 
And I knew nothing about lighting. I knew nothing about, you know, water, de- you know, depletion or carb depletion or, or carb cycling. I knew nothing about this stuff, man. I'm just thinking like, I got to look like this all year long. And it was a tough thing to grow up seeing. It is. And it's also, it's funny too, because the, the four guys that I mentioned were there as well. They just had it. Like these are guys that, uh, you know, cause I'm over there drinking coffee and fasting, sipping on coffee and they're having pasta and soda and it's like, and it doesn't make a difference. And I'm like, I, I got into the wrong business or this, I'm, I'm clearly not a model. This is a joke. Um, but you've got, I mean, you, you built a great natural physique and, um, people on, on a lot of those covers, man, they're taking a lot of shit. And it's unfortunate because yeah. like you said, uh, the 17 year old, uh, Don Saladino would look at that and be so demotivated and, and end up comparing himself to those guys. And it's always going to be a failure in that situation because even if they weren't taking drugs, some of these people are just, they've got some extra goods un, under the tank. You know, it, it's, we don't realize cause you know, fortunately, you know, you've got an excellent physique. Fortunately, I'm in pretty good shape, but a lot of people out there that aren't, yeah, like every, like there's specific things in life I have insecurities about. I'm a human being, and then and but to, but to hear someone have an insecurity about their human uh, about their body that might not be something that we've gone through, or or it might be. I mean, I know I've been so critical about my body in the past that yeah, I've been insecure about it at certain times. I'd be lying to you if I said that I wasn't. But the fact that we're always putting up that shot, that perfect shot. I mean, we've got to at times show. I got a woman reach out to me the other day, and she goes, "You know, I was signing up for your app." And I went to a video and there was a woman on it. Obviously she was thin and she was beautiful and I got discouraged. So I didn't want to sign up. And I wrote back to her. I said, listen, I go, you know, I'm I'm really sorry that you felt that way. I said, but I need you to understand it wasn't my intention. One, the woman's a trainer of mine. She knows the movements really well. She can get in, she nails it. We train social media and she's a great girl. So, you know, let's just, let's just start there. But I can completely understand how, you know, um, a video like that can drive someone away. On the other hand, you know, I don't want to see people get so discouraged so easily. Like, it's just a video. Like, go attack it. Like, strive for something. Like, like there's plenty of people in this world that are a hell of a lot better than a lot of shit than I am. And, or there might be someone that's more successful or with a better body. That's part of, you know, being competitive with yourself and going after it is striving to be, you know, at times something you're not. Or, or going getting a little bit leaner for that shoot or putting on a little bit of muscle or, or making a little bit more money next year. I mean, that's part of that competitive spirit that we have. So I think it really is a fine line with social media on giving someone, making sure that we're not overstepping. And, and the next thing you know, you're, you're just in models, 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 models. Cause I think that's, that's painting a bad picture also, but we, we've got to, we've got to relate to the average person a little bit better because most of them are really insecure about getting into the gym. And those insecurities, uh, speaking as someone who, uh, was very overweight. Like it never goes away. What are some insecurities that you have? Cause again, like people would look at yeah. like, what, what could Don possibly not be happy with there's his body days, about? There's days I listen. I mean, there's days I wake up and I feel like I don't look good. <laughs> it's just, it, it's me. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, this, this weekend was, I think the first weekend where, you know, when you're training so hard for so long and you finally have a little bit of a meltdown weekend, like body's not feeling great. Um, next, you know, you're like, all right, screw the diet. Maybe I just need to junk it for the next two days. It's Friday. I mean, I'm at the diner eating bacon. have exactly. And you know what? I just kind of went with it and I said, all right, listen, Friday to Sunday, just, just have some fun. And then we'll start back on Monday. We'll do a little bit of a recovery program. I'll cut back on the frequency a little bit. And you know, I'm starting to feel a lot better from that now. So 
Yeah, but Monday I woke up, trust me, I didn't look in the mirror and you know, if you told me to take my shirt off, I'd be a little insecure. It's just, yeah, I think it's human nature. And there's some people who don't go through that and more power to them. I mean, am I like that? The answer is no. Um, I, you know, I battle with demons every day. I mean, I'll, you know, it's just things in business or, or things that don't go right or, or someone who bumps you the wrong way in, in, in life and uh, but the thing about me is every day I'm literally going home and I'm trying to work on what I screwed up with. And I'm just trying to have a lot of faith and just continue to push and, and believe that I can improve in all aspects of life. I mean, I'm a father, you know, I've got two beautiful kids. I got a beautiful wife. I've got, you know, is it always easy? I mean, am I always, am I sitting here with this impression that my hands are behind my head? Hell no, man. I'm in, I'm in New York state real estate. I'm in New York city real estate right now with a, a business that's been 13 years in. I mean, nothing, nothing's a sure thing here and nothing's, uh, nothing's pretty. And, you know, you just got to deal with it day by day. I love it. And you mentioned you had a real balanced diet, kind of locked in, got rid of any sort of flexibility yeah. for the shoot. Take us through like what your weekly training looks like and how that changes sure. when you're getting ready for a, for a shoot versus just, you know, week, average week, average time of year. You know, it, it, it's getting ready for a shoot. It, it doesn't really change that much. I might increase the amount of days. Like right now I'm lifting four, four days a week. I'm probably training six. But the other two might be recovery days. I play a lot of ice hockey. It might be some ice hockey just to kind of sweat those two days. I might take a hot yoga. I might kind of bounce around on those days. But, you know, throughout the year, I, I really organize my training into blocks of like, say, one month to say as high as four months. So I'm getting on a four-month block of training. It might be a powerlifting program where I've got periodization. Every day I'm kind of dialing things in. I've done, you know, full body workouts four days a week. Um, I've, I've trained with just the kettlebell and maybe some powerlifting moves. I moves. I've done bodybuilding routines, split routines. You know, I've got a, a lot of times we look at what's best. So for instance, getting ready for the uh, shoot, I could have gotten ready for that shoot on training a full body every day, an upper lower split, a one day a week split, meaning a, a bodybuilding uh, program one day a week, which is actually what I did, which I normally don't do. But the reason I did it was because I was playing so much ice hockey that if I train my legs more than one day, which I like to do, you know, my, my low back's getting sore, you know, my, my ribs, my ribs, my pelvis, it's all out of position. Things start getting achy as weeks go on. So I really try to get my leg training in earlier in the week when I wasn't playing a lot and then start doing more of the upper body. I would deadlift a little bit towards Thursday, um, overreached a little bit, started going a little too heavy, had to back off. So, you know, it, it really, the thing about me is that I am not like this one methodology this is the way you have to train. This is the best way I'll commit to my block of training, whether it's one to four months and I'll try and get exceptional at that and nothing will break me from that program. And when I get through that program and I might feel a little rigid from the heavy training or whatever it might be, or maybe I wasn't doing a lot of anti-rotation work or rotation work, whatever you want to call it. I start implementing maybe a month in of, of, of something that's completely different. That's really interesting and fun to me. And does my body change that much? The answer is no. I mean, I've kind of found throughout the years that I need that. And I can't be squatting and deadlifting 12 months a year heavy because then my body starts feeling crappy, even though I like doing that. Uh, but you got to really listen to yourself and understand that, you know, the program isn't really what makes the individual. We like to do things that, you know, that we connect a little bit more with, but it's the other things. It's the recovery. It's, you know, it's uh, the recovery modalities I'm doing. It's, it's how I'm dialing in my diet. And it's, you know, um, getting ready for that shoot. It wasn't fluctuating my uh, calories or carbs at all. It was keeping it at one set spot. I could have carb cycled. I might have gotten a little bit better. But that's what was working for me at that time of the year. 
I love it. And you mentioned the training split because I'm sure you get this question a lot. What is your training split? What's the best training split? And ultimately, as long as you can progressively overload and it fits in your schedule and it's sustainable, uh, it'll work. And ultimately, you'll have to at some point, if you're doing this for the long haul, you're going to use every split at some point because you need the variety, different times of year, different goals. So I I love how you outline that because people think it's always got to be whole body or it's got to be body part or there's upper lower and... I get it. I mean, and I talk to specific strength coaches like Charlie, like Charlie Weingroff will not use a body part a week split. Like he won't, but you know what? But if I'm, if I'm squatting Monday and I'm deadlifting Thursday, am I really, is that really, or, or, or let's, let's take it further. If I'm doing legs on Monday and back on Thursday and I'm deadlifting Thursday, aren't those two full body movements? I mean, isn't there a lot of carryover from day to day on yep. that? Like how much can your body handle? Now I know when I start adding a lot of frequency in, it's always a little difficult for me to do that because I like to train really intensely. So if I'm going to add frequency in and I'm going to be repeating things every day, I got to back off the intensity. So when you're reading what's the best split, it's almost impossible to answer. I don't know how intensely that you train. I don't know how you're recovering. I mean, these are really difficult questions to ask. I don't know how magazines just put, I was joking with muscle and fitness. I'm like, you know, you guys don't do this. And I kind of winked at them, but you're putting out a program of someone else's split. How could someone just jump on that? not knowing the other variables that they have in life. And if you don't know the other variables in life or what's going on with their body, you really are putting a program into a hat or a bunch of different programs into a hat. And you really are choosing out of that hat. Um, Cause how, how do you know? You don't know. So um, we got to get a little smarter with that. Also. You bet. You mentioned recovery modalities. What are some of the interesting, cause you know, that is the, uh, the next step in the evolution of fitness is now finally, addressing the recovery piece because that that's where all the gains happen and no one wants to worry about it because they want to get you know sweaty sore and tired i remember when i used to do boot camps i had that realization like oh my god like i just have to get them sweaty sore and tired and that's that's how they'll judge me uh, as a good trainer or a good workout and obviously you want to give them that but find a way to do it in a way that's safe and 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 based in the science and, and what you know that works best but the recovery piece is huge. So what are you uh, using the most? What are some cool things that people may not be familiar with that you've had some uh, kind of advanced uh, uh, use with? I'm having a lot of success right now with a unit called Beamer. And they just did. You probably haven't heard of it. Most people haven't. But it's um, it gets into the whole microcirculation theory where if you lay out every cell in the human body, it would probably cover two football fields. So Beamer is a unit that just did a deal with NASA, and they're starting to put the same technology in the spacesuit. So when when when, a, when an astronaut goes out of space and they come out of space and they come back, they're real fucked up. I mean, there's a lot going on yep. in the human body. So what this unit basically done is through, you know, and I can't explain the technology yet, but through these specific waves, these I hate using the word proprietary because it just means bullshit, but through these proprietary waves. Um, you lay on a mat for eight minutes in the morning, eight minutes at night. And what it slowly starts doing is it starts cleaning your cells and starts getting fresh air and getting all the waste out of your cells. And it's a long process. It's like, you got to be on this thing for weeks, but you start feeling your energy level changing. You start feeling that your regularity is changing and that you're wow. maybe going to the bathroom a couple of like Maybe if you were, you know, once a day, now I'm going maybe two to three times a day, like things are changing that you're like, all right, that should not be changing. So, um, that's a really interesting unit, uh, um, 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 modality. Cryotherapy is something I bought for drive. 
uh, the last three years we've been using that. I mean, I love cold therapy and I like cryotherapy a lot because it's only a three minute modality. So you can get someone walking out of the gym, showered in a rush and I'm like, jump in the cryo chamber. I throw them in three minutes, they're out. And psychologically what it's doing for them, I think is incredible. Like everyone has just been giving me great feedback scientifically. You know, people, the doctors try and argue. And I say, listen, do you argue cold therapy? They say, no. I said, so what's the problem with cryotherapy? It's not causing any damage. It is reducing inflammation. Well, you, you want inflammation in the body. I get it. I'm not saying it removes inflammation completely, but we are kind of, you know, we're, we're, we're almost uh, uh, monitoring a little bit. Um, infrared sauna might be one of my favorites. I bought one for my house. I'm using the infrared sauna right now, probably two to three days a week. I like to refer to this as getting a temperature without the effects of being sick. So, and I could do my emails in it, which is great. So and they're killing two birds in one stone, 120, 125 degrees. You're sitting there, you're dry for the first 10 minutes. And the next thing you know, you're just dumping from all this waste or whatever you might have in yourself internally. So, you know, massage, other specific things, you know, might go in some dry needling. Um, I'd like to do a Charlie Wine broth a lot, uh, cupping, scraping, you know, there, there's other things if I'm feeling a little bit jacked up, but all in all, I like incorporating meditation, something else that I've been using that I suck at, um, but I'm using that, you know, once a day for at least 10 minutes. Um, it's a lot right there, but again, do I have it? Does my body feel perfect? The answer is no. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm hard on it. I'm up at four in the morning and I'm in bed at nine at night and I'm commuting in and out three hours a day and I'm training like an animal and there's, there's a lot of stuff going on that, you know, you know, sometimes you just overreach. And I see you guys, you know, people listening be like, oh, I'm well. I'm not on the cover of Muscle and Fitness. I don't own gyms. I can't afford this stuff. But I see you guys in your gym. You'll post doing some uh, diaphragmatic belly breathing with your feet elevated. And, uh, you know, what are like some big, quick uh, recovery finishers you, you kind of cap off a session with for your average client? Belly breathing. I think that's a perfect, you know, maybe some crocodile breathing or some diaphragmatic breathing where our feet are elevated 90-90. And I, I think just laying there trying to get your body parasympathetic and getting it to calm down. I think anytime after a workout, the best advice to anyone is try and put yourself into a situation where you can get the body to relax. Um, there's other things, even with supplements, like I've been working with Garden Life Sport line, and they have a recovery formula that's got an organic tar cherry, it's got turmeric, it's got magnesium, it's got specific things in it that can help get the body parasympathetic. It's organic, non-GMO, so you're not consuming all that crap. So, you know, every little bit I feel like helps because there's so much coming at us with stress, with work, with life, with commuting, with traveling, with change of time zones. And um, I feel like we just need every little edge possible. And as you get older, it's that recovery piece that allows you to, to stay young. Oh, it sucks. You know, uh, I mean, yeah, it's, it's going to take its toll. And, and that's the uh, – I'm glad you mentioned some of these modalities. And then again, just as simple as like you said, that's a great way to put it. Just finding a scenario where for at least two to five minutes – you make yourself relax after jacking your whole system up before you go Perfect. drive away and get, go to work or whatever it is that you're doing. And, you know, there's a lot of things that people aren't doing that they just don't understand and I wouldn't expect them to, but like, I don't, like, I don't want anyone drinking coffee after a workout. Like why are we going to get the body sympathetic when it should be trying to get parasympathetic? So, you don't know, why are we trying to jack the body up when it should be recovering? So there's specific things that I think are really easy to do. Um, but the breathing, man, if we could just put our feet up for five minutes a day and just breathe, that itself is going to just, I mean, that's like a, that's like a miracle drug right, right there. No, it's a game changer. And we're going to talk about some of your celeb clients. And like, I think it's really fascinating to go inside your mind as this uh, brawny, you know, brain scientist and how you take, take this person, their goal, getting them ready for a role and, and their unique 
you know, weaknesses and strengths and how you make that happen. But I wanted to first start with the regular person, so to speak, because, again, I, I sometimes hearing about the celeb stuff can be demotivating to some people that are like, oh, that's just people that have a lot of money and everything else. But you have someone that was 872 pounds that you're helping from a distance. Uh, now, three years later, they've lost over 400 pounds. And she's yep. she's making it work on a diet using food stamps. Like, t- take us through this amazing yep. story. You know, it was it was crazy. So through one of my celebrities, Sebastian Stan, um, uh, from um, Seb, you know, has done a lot of social media for me. And what ended up happening was like I connected with this woman, Laura Summers. She was eight hundred seventy two pounds, cardiomyopathy, almost died, could hardly walk. And she reached out to me on social and it's, it's, it's tough. Like, you know, when you've got a specific amount of followers, you try to get back to everyone and you don't know who is legit, who's not legit, but this woman was very engaging and she was always, you know, liking pics and just paying really nice, nice compliments. And finally she shoots me a message one day and I try and answer, I you know, really try and answer as many people as possible. And she's like, yeah, I'm in a little bit of trouble. And I said, all right, well, well, tell me, tell me your story. She told me a story. I said, wow, this is crazy. No, she's lost a boatload of weight already following me and all this stuff. So finally I said, listen, you need a coach. And she's like, I, I can't afford you. I said, I, I don't want money. I said, let's just do this together and let's just have fun with it. Let's just log in and keep track and let me try and motivate you and coach you. And, and let's, so she's like, all right. So I write her out a diet. I send her the diet. She, she calls me up. She's like, listen, I don't want to tell you this, but you know, I, I, I can't afford this food. I said, well, what can you afford? And she told me, I said, oh, food stamps. I said, that's interesting. I said, I've never written a diet for someone on this. I said, but wow, let's see what we can do. So, um, you know, she really, I kind of gave her some direction on what I wanted her to eat, you know, just basic protein, the things I wanted to have her eliminate. So it really came down with her was, you know, food, food choices, food quality. And I'm not saying she was able to eat organic. She wasn't. Um, but you know, better food quality than what she was consuming, eliminating a lot of the crap. Once she started eliminating the crap, she stopped craving it as much. I think teaching her body to move again. And this is where it was really complex because you get someone who weighs in at that weight and they start walking more, a little bit more every day. Their ankles start swelling up. The knees start swelling up. The back is killing them. She's texting me right now. And ironically, I just got a text coming in. And um, so, you know, it was really kind of figuring out, it was almost periodizing day by day. It was like every day we're, we're texting. She's Sending me a text. How do you feel? Uh, my back's killing me today. Is it better or worse? Yes, sir. It's worse. All right, I want you to back down a thousand steps today. Okay. Because we just try to keep her moving every 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 day. Next day, how do you feel? It's a little bit better. Okay, stay at the same amount of steps. Let's recover a little bit more, but keep moving. Next day, how do you feel? I feel great. All right, let's take it back up. Let's take it to the same number that you were at. So now it's 10,000 steps. And then slowly, just by waving the step numbers based off of how she was feeling every day, We've gotten her to 18,000 steps, which she is doing in her house. So I had some conversations with a few different treadmill companies. A company by the name of Trueform is going to be um, donating a treadmill to her, which I'm wow. really excited about. So um, they're, they're going to be bringing the treadmill out to her. And now she's going to be able to do a lot of her walk, walking on a treadmill, which is going to be really helpful because especially in the wintertime, it's too cold for her to walk outside. She's obviously at, a, at the threat of slipping. She was walking with a cane for a while, which we've almost completely removed. As soon as she started gaining strength in her body and her legs, you know, I'm like, can you get up and down off of the floor? She's like, well, I haven't done that in a while. Well, let's get up on the right side. How long did that take her? She told me, how about the left side now? Now she's doing glute bridges. Now she's walking up and down the, the, the first step in her house. Um, you know, she's starting to try to do some body weight squats now. So there's some cool stuff that we're really – 
um, starting to embark on. I think we're going to move the needle a lot. I mean, she just hit 443 pounds down from 872. She's consistently holding about 18,000 steps a day. Um, you'll see her on my feet a lot every day. She's putting up, uh, sending me a picture of, of, of what streak she's on. So right now she's on like her 70 something day in a row where she hasn't missed. And 70 days ago she missed because she got sick, was all down and depressed. And I said, well, let's set an example. I want you to post tomorrow with a day one of stuck to your chest. She went and she did it. So it showed her that she was able to fall off the horse, but get back on. And you know what, man, for me, it's been, you know, what's my biggest success story right now. It's been that, I mean, you know, Blake losing 61 pounds. I mean, or Lauren going, I mean, it's, it's, this has been incredible. It's been humbling. It's been, uh, looking for nothing in return out of this. It's just trying to help a woman out and just wishing I can deliver that, um, that same result to kind of everyone. But unfortunately, yeah, you try to, but you just can't. How did she find you? Cause you would, you would think that she probably would find, uh, you know, the, the old Richard Simmons tapes or the biggest loser trainers. She's, she is, she is a diehard Sebastian Stan, you know, Captain America fan. He's the, he's the winter soldier that wears that, that yes. long sleeve okay. on his arm, right? He's my workout partner. So we've been training together for years. She found me because Seb and I do a bunch of social media together. She started following me and that's how she connected. And it was literally that easy. And then, and then it was after she had all the progress, Seb sent her a couple of videos he posted on social media. She actually flew out to, uh, a bunch of her friends booked for her birthday a trip to Comic Con, and she flew out. And she actually got to have a sit down with him to beat him. So, you know, man, it was just—it's a real good feel-good story. Um, our goal is to get her under two hundred pounds. Um, we got some work to do, but I think with True Form delivering this treadmill and Garden of Life has been sending her some protein shakes and um, some protein bars, which I love because they're organic, non-GMO, and uh, we're able to get some good nutrition in her hands, and um, you know, just teach her that. It's a day-by-day process, and you know when you gain a pound because you're on your period, that's life, and don't beat yourself up over it. That's kind of where, where we're dealing with her on a day-to-day there. So it's a, it's, a, it's a great story for people, and I wish people would listen to her, what she's doing, because there's a level of persistence that she's showing. That's, I think it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty amazing. And you had said that she was trying to get like a gym access, but Planet Fitness would not accept her because she was over 300 pounds. I've never even heard that before in my I life. Believe, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I actually, I actually tweeted something out on it. My, uh, my publicist is like, take it down. <laughs> that was just a little, <laughs> no, and naturally. Yeah. But you know, naturally in, in life, I mean, you know, you, you, you hear things and sometimes that's been my biggest downfall. I've been a little too responsive early on, but you know, at the end of the day, if you could peel back the layers, it probably wasn't corporate. It was probably some woman working the front desk who just you know didn't know how to handle it. Maybe it was corporate. I don't know, but, um, you know, I, I know that she, her doctors are on her a lot right now and they're monitoring the, the whole process and they're pleased. I mean, just for this woman to get access to a treadmill right now, is going to be incredible. It's going to be extremely beneficial. Um, we got her an elliptical. It was just for some reason, I don't know why, but the design of the elliptical was so bad on her knees. Her knees were just blowing up. So she's better with walking than the elliptical. We're going to keep her walking. Well, dude, that's an amazing story. And I'll definitely be checking out Thank the you. updates on that. Let, let's go Thank with – uh, <laughs> Ryan Reynolds, uh, you know, yes. when did you first start working with him and great long lean physique? I mean, arguably probably a physique that anybody, any guy would want. Uh, how, how is your, how did you go about training him? Ryan, I met Ryan probably seven, eight years ago. Um, 
and, and listen, I mean, there's a lot to work on with him. I mean, the guy comes in with, with a, with a, with a tiny waist and he's got these shoulders that I would, that I would pay money for. Um, and on top of it all, he's one of the coolest human beings you're going to meet. So there's not a lot wrong with this guy. So with, with me, I think it was coming in and, and, um, you know, there were specific things that I wanted to tighten up. There was things that, you know, he was talking about early on that I said, we could probably do something, do it a little bit differently. Um, you know, stuff with the amount of ab work that you're putting in. I mean, stuff that he would he would admit nothing that's uh, uh, nothing that we don't want anyone to know. But um, you know, I think it was just also showing him with his nutrition that you don't have to subject your body to so many carbs. I mean, the the last Deadpool I would say was um, the best shape I've seen him on the screen uh, ever since we've been working. Deadpool too. I don't think he has a shirtless scene, but I think he got his body to look even better than that. So with him, my approach really became more about resiliency. And less about the aesthetics of his physique, continuing to do the things that we needed to do um, to kind of maintain and get his body to where you know he felt great. But you know, really kind of introducing a little bit more mobility work before the workouts and corrective work, uh, getting his body to move, uh, not being so rigid in specific ways of training, getting a bar off his back, um, you know, getting him to you know doing some goblet squats, doing some uh, safety bar squats. Uh, specific things that I think he realized because he's so tall, his body moved a lot better with trap bar deadlifts, you know, getting, you know, so specific things like that, that uh, exercises you and I do all the time. Um, Cause you know, when you're doing a formula for a while and you realize it works, it's tough to kind of break off that. I mean, you know, it's like why he's probably saying to himself why, but you know, I think as you, he realized that we just were able to deliver a, a program to him that was a little bit easier on his body, giving him a better result. And even with the diet, I mean, you know, he was consuming carbs and doing great with it. His mood was awesome. And he's just, he's just a plus man. I really, you know, I'm blessed to be working with him. I mean, getting, <clears throat> let's just say even you got the same results, but if you get the same results with less suffering, that's also progress, right? I mean, that, that's people who look at that aspect. I always try and take a minimal, I always try and take, sorry to interrupt, but I always try and take a minimalistic approach. So if it's someone coming into me and it's an everyday person and they're not, and they're like, well, what's your goal? Now, if someone's coming to me and they're like, I got to be on the cover of muscle and fitness, then okay. Like how much time do you have? You have four weeks. All right. Like you're not going to have 10 days. <laughs> 10 days. Exactly. But, um, but you were, I had a guy recently coming to me and, and, and he's got a pretty good build on. And I'm like, well, what do you want to do with your body? And I'm like, you're moving much better. Our, our, our main priority was your, was your low back. You're having some pain. We cleaned that up. He's like, you know, I just want, I want my abs to pop. I don't want to be completely diced, but I want them to pop. I want to bring my waistline in a little bit. I said, well, what are you doing? He went through his week. So I didn't, like, put the kibosh on everything. I said, all right, dude, you're drinking four nights a week. Let's bring it to two. Uh, you're having dessert uh, four nights a week. Let's bring it to two. And I just kind of cut the volume of everything in half. And we just kind of upped his cardio just a little bit because he wasn't doing much of it to begin with. His training stayed the same. And honestly, he came to me in two weeks, and he's like, I can't freaking believe this. Like, this is unbelievable. Like, I haven't given up everything I love. I'm actually starting to go in the other direction because I want to see what can I do now. So we removed another day. So that's that's what we need to be doing with people. Is unless they're getting ready for a role where you have a specific period of time and you got to get ready or it's your job, then you know, start removing a couple of little things, see some progress, see how your body does. But that's not what coaches do. A lot of these coaches are, oh, no, you got to get on my chicken and rice and broccoli diet. And you got to eat that six times a day. And we got to sleep eight hours a night. You got to go on this split. And like, you end up driving the individual nuts because they're not like the coach. And then they end up getting discouraged and they end up dropping out. I think you'd be surprised that if we, not you, but most people would be surprised that mm -hmm. if they 
kind of just relaxed a little bit and just showed some improvement, then, man, things would happen. <clears throat> well, the best coaches fine-tune. They don't overhaul. That's like I always go back to the analogy of Dr. Dre in the studio just changing the levels ever, ever so slightly just to find the right sound. And Because, again, you overhaul. It's too much stress. And it's also an unnecessary amount of stress because your body would have responded just a couple hundred calories less, 10 extra minutes of cardio on a given day. Like those, those small changes like implemented appropriately um, are, are all that it needs are all that's needed in some cases to push the needle. But if you add 60 minutes, your, your body will, will not, it's the less is more approach obviously as well applies. Right. Right. No, I, I completely agree. And I'm preaching to the choir with, with you on this, but you know, I, I think you just look at the amount of people out there that have been successful in the gym and, and, and the number, it's not great. And people, how many people have been successful with their body composition or they feel good about their body? It's not great. And I think this really comes down to the fact that they just think it's got to be this all or nothing approach. Someone like me or you, where it's part of our living and it's part of what we do and, and, and what we love, then yeah, there's this competitive spirit within yourself where you try it. You're always trying to get a little stronger or move a little bit better or get a little bit leaner. That's fine. That's what, we, that's what we're getting paid to do on top of us loving it. But the average Joe out there, they'd be surprised that a little bit is going to go a long way. Big time. And, and on a side note, too, because Ryan Reynolds was originally in The Green Lantern. And <laughs> yes, that, that movie was – I traded for that. I, th- it was, I, th- I thought it was underrated. I th- first of all, uh, he was great. Blake mm-hmm. Lively was great in it. But – uh, Peter Sarsgaard stole the show in that movie. The, the villain. I trained Peter. He's, he's Are you my, serious? My yeah. So he's he's brother-in-laws with with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. So uh, oh wow. Uh, Jake passed him over to me. Peter Sarsgaard might be one of the nicest guys I've ever trained in my life. He he is legitimately just a great human being. He's more of an endurance guy. He's in he's in fantastic shape, and uh, he's just a complete pleasure to work with. But yeah, I, I actually watched something funny on Saturday night with him last night with. It was called Sarsgaard. Like it was like some stupid spoof that he did on Saturday on SNL a while ago about you know the SARS virus and Sarsgaard. It's like these guards he was trying to sell. It was actually really like quirky. It was funny, but uh, man, he's a talented actor. He's uh, he's really good. But yeah, he's uh, he's legit, man. No, he, he's amazing. He's actually really good in this new series on Hulu, uh, The Looming Tower, which is excellent. But his screaming scenes, especially when his head like got to that DK mode size from NBA Jam. <laughs> Uh, are epic. Like I, I, I've never laughed so hard in my life as during those scenes because he really. I mean, he brought that performance, and I, it looked like there was going to be a sequel, but there it didn't end up uh, happening. But he ended up doing Deadpool. It worked out. He did Deadpool, and yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I just I always I was very impressed by how like Sarsgaard was like. You know what? I'm going to give this my all no matter what, and I, I think it was. I think he should have got an Oscar for that performance. <laughs> i'll tell him that you said that you will be very appreciative um but yeah no he uh he's a, he's a tremendous that whole family they're all great actors so uh apple doesn't fall far from the truth well you mentioned blake lively too who you also trained she was in that movie she's done a yeah. lot of great stuff and you helped her lose 61 pounds in 14 months was it post-pregnancy yeah it was post it was after her second child and um well, I, I, you know, Blake loves, you know, Blake's like anyone else. She loves delicious foods. It's the first thing that she said to me when I met her. Um, she, she's just a pleasure to work with. And she, I think her posts recently and how she came out on social media, I think, I think the great lesson there was, you know, this wasn't easy. 
Like this wasn't like, this isn't always easy. Like we have to get out. I think most people need to understand that, you know, a lot of people out there that you see on the, on the big screen, it wasn't like some super trainer coming in and that it was easy. It's it, a lot of times it's, it's difficult, and, but that's okay. You know, it's not supposed to be easy all the, all the time, but I think if we just started relaxing a little bit more about it and just set a plan in effect and, you know, you, you establish an end goal is what I always say. And then you start from the finish, you know, it's like, okay, here's my end goal. Let's go back. What do I have to do today, Monday to be great and focus on Monday. Don't focus on two. Well, I got to lose 10 pounds in two weeks. That's the biggest mistake. No, 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 no. We're focusing on what we need to do today. We're following the principles that we need to do to hit our goal today. And if and when we screw up, then there's tomorrow. And if you go through that approach day in and day out, you'll have your good days, you'll have your bad days. But I think you'll realize that in a short, a much shorter period of time, your body's going to get to a much better place than you ever thought. What were some of the tactics you were using that you responded to the best to get all that weight off? You know what? I just wasn't... I just wasn't trying to turn her and say, no, 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 no. Like if she felt like having, you know, something, you know, that wasn't on the diet, let her, let, let her do it. Like it's just, I wasn't acting like the food Nazi. I think what really what I wanted to do with her was just get her training consistent and get her body feeling good and make sure that whatever she ate, the ingredients had to be good. You know, it wasn't, you know, she's not the type of person that's going to sit there and eat, you know, a uh, cookie with all, all this junk and crap in it. She'll get a good quality cookie with, you know, with natural sugar in it or whatever it is. So I think she pays attention to food quality, which is really helpful. Uh, but all, all far from eating perfect. And she'll be the first to admit it far from it. You know, what's amazing when you take the anxiety out of the food decision-making process, how many better decisions yeah, exactly. are made. Like, cause that, that's, I used to, when I made like a, you know, you make a shred program, it's new year or whatever. And you're like, no fuck it meals whatsoever this phase. And, and now I just say, look, they're not prescribed. Uh, if you need them, you have them. Just be honest with yourself and track them. Cause in most cases, if you track those cheat meals and, and, and be honest with yourself about that and you fine tune that process, I mean, people will make huge changes just off of that. But then again, again, it's not putting yourself in a situation where because you are told you can't do this, like it's that five-year-old kid in you that has to touch the button that you, your dad said you can't touch because someone told you you couldn't. And then you also don't have to kill it because there isn't this scarcity of like, I have to get all this food in my face by midnight because tomorrow, tomorrow's a low-carb day. Right. Listen, food's very emotional. And I think with anyone else – when you are under eating, which I feel most people do, and you're starving the body and you just – all you need is to have a bad day or something emotional happen and you're going to make a bad decision. I mean typically when I have someone cut, I, I, don't, I don't really start depleting calories and carbs. I'll make sure they're eating more frequently. I'll make sure they have really good quality food in. And if they have good quality food in with a good balance of protein, fats, and carbohydrates, then they're not going to be craving as much junk. If they're not craving junk, they're not going to eat junk. And if they're not eating junk, they are going to um, they're going to be making better de- decisions. And even though it might seem like they're consuming more calories, they're not going to be putting crap into their body as much. And if they're doing that, then I think that's when you start getting the metabolism to kick. And um, I really think it's cutting down on the cravings. Most people want to they want to remove you know all of um, you know they, they want to start just removing calories and food. And I just feel like that. You know, for, for most people out there, there's a, there's a much easier way to do it. There's only so much you can cut. I mean, I mean and especially if you, if you cut so much so soon, then what, what 
you know, what plays can we make in the end? I mean, you've already done all the cutting. Right. So, uh, right. I mean, that's a really interesting point because people will think, you know, these actresses just drink water and have an apple a day and maybe take some fat-burning pills and call it a day. Well, think about the damage it causes to the body afterwards. I mean, you even said it when you had a shoot at one point. You put 35 pounds back on in five days. I mean, that's, that can't be good for your body. I no. Mean, <laughs> I saw that when I, when I carb depleted years ago and I went through that process, I really felt there was a few, like, six-month period of time where my metabolism was off, maybe even longer. I just felt like I wasn't processing the food the same or, you know, things weren't moving through as quickly. It just didn't really feel right. And I said to myself, I said, Jesus, and I didn't even jump on the, uh, the Olympia physique stage here. You know, it's like, I, you know, I only did this for seven weeks. I didn't do this for 16 weeks. And you see people doing this in and out. That's like, the, the, you know, probably the most asked question right now I'm getting is, is intermittent fasting and ketogenic diet. Ugh. You know, and it's like, Kill how many me. times can you, yeah, it's like, it's, it's killing me already. And in a nutshell, I'm going to say it because we're on it. Keto, I met with, I just met with Dr. Perlmutter. Keto is a very difficult diet for someone to maintain um, throughout the year. It's just, first off, most people who are on keto, I question that are either even in ketosis. And then secondly, there's too much yo-yo dieting going on in life for someone to get into the ketogenic diet and go out and drink any pizza on the weekends. It's like, that's yo-yo dieting. Yeah. So diets like that cause a lot of damage. Now, am I arguing? This is where I spoke to Dr. Perlmutter about. Am I arguing that, you know, um, it's part of an anti-Alzheimer's protocol for people who are, who have it in their family? Or he also told me recently that the cancer cells can spread when you're in ketosis. This is valuable. I didn't even know that. I was shocked. Wow, that's valuable information to know, God forbid, you are diagnosed with cancer. And that is something, God forbid, I would jump on in two seconds. But for the average Joe trying to, trying to lose weight, the fact that coaches are even recommending this stuff, I think is bullshit. And then I ask, it's like, give me a break. Like intermittent fasting should be maybe if a guy like you yourself or me who understand the body and understands food quality, they want to jump on it here and there. Okay. But it's an excuse for people to skip breakfast and lunch and not eat the first half of the morning. Cause they're too, too, uh, you know, too lazy. And then they're putting their body through so much stress because they're eating crap the rest of the day. And they go on out having a vodka and burger at night. I'm like, come on, man, give me, give me, give me a, give me a break. You see guys like Kino Body, who I don't even know who this guy is, <laughs> posting something online saying, well, "I've got my body like this through, uh, through, uh, you know, um, intermittent fasting." I'm like, come on, man, you got to be a little bit more intelligent than this because unfortunately, it's not people's job to know whether it's legit or not, but it's our job to set by example. Well, diet is so personality-based, and again, as I always say, if it's not sustainable, it's questionable. And beyond like the health-specific conditions you're talking about, no one knows anyone that has done keto for more than like six weeks. I mean, we're being honest about it. Like, it's not possible. Like, now, if you have two to four weeks to get as lean as possible, you're probably not going to find a lower-carb diet will always outperform most situations. But again, you're knowing then that you've got to get that those carbohydrates up at some point. Because you can only do it for so long. I agree. I just I, people don't understand. Even when you start implementing carbs back in, there is people do not have direction. You know as well yeah. as, as anyone else that as soon as you go into ketosis or when you're carb depleted for a shoot, you can't just turn around and start implementing 350 grams of carbs back in on day two. Nope. You've got to slowly start implementing them back in. These are really mature decisions that you're asking the general public to make that they just don't understand yet. And because of that, I, I look at success rates. Like 
what's their what's people's batting average? Like, yeah, they're going to lose weight, but if you go out there and you say to all the people that got on that diet, what is what is the overall batting average of of you know of success? It's going to be low. It's going to be low because they think one they can't make it to most. A lot of people can't make it two weekends without having something bad. It's like. 14 straight days of a, of a really good diet with no alcohol is really hard for a lot of people in the city. Not hard for you or I, but it's really hard for people who are not doing this for a living. So I'm not saying it doesn't work. I agree with you. It's fantastic, but I look at success rates and I'm just trying to give people the best possible chance to be successful. No, and, I, and the thing is, uh, the research has shown that low carb will outperform low fat in the short run, but long term, it's a wash because, again, it's compliance, right? You, you have to find something that um, you can stick with that works for your taste, for your body type, your goals. And uh, and also, I always joke intermittent fasting. It's like people will ask me about that. First of all, that was a hot topic in 2008, just to be clear. Like oh now, suddenly, like it's every other question is IF. But I, people, I, don't, I don't understand. I don't understand how it got born again, even, even the ketogenic diet. I mean – in a way, it's almost like what Atkins was talking about. I'm like, holy shit. Like, people are just not – getting into ketosis is tough. Like, they, and people oh. are doing keto. I'm like, well, are you, did you pee on ketone strips yet? Like, are you in the, are you in the purple? Like, like, you haven't come – they're like, what are you talking about? Like, people are just very – they're just they, – they, it's not their job to know. So No, I can't and, and there's nothing worse than when someone doesn't get at least seven to nine hours of sleep a night and they're asking about intermittent fasting because it's like – just get the sleep, and you got the fasting covered. Um, food quality, improve your sleep, food quality, and digestion. I feel like if you if you focus on those things and you're just active, I'm not telling you you got to go to the gym and start doing splits, you know, frequency training. I'm not GBT. I'm not telling you you have to do any of that crap. But I'm just saying that break a sweat. If you hate the gym after 15 minutes, then do it for 10. Well, is that effective? Yes, it's effective. When you're now going 10 minutes a day and breaking a sweat and you've done it for 30 straight days opposed to nothing, you are going to have progress. I love it. You had mentioned that one of the things that really uh, fires you up, you're a New York guy. So obviously, uh, where were you originally from? New York. Yeah, I was okay. born and raised in Long Island and um, you know, moved into the city for about 13 years, got married with two kids, moved back to the island. So, so you're naturally going to run a little hotter than the, than the average person oh, yeah. being from New I'm York. I'm out of my mind. Oh, yeah, definitely. I love that. Uh, my wife is from the Bronx, by the way, so I, I just tried oh, to get yeah. through a day without getting beaten. That's <laughs> <laughs> where my dad's from, so it's all good. Oh, I love it. Uh, you said one of your big pet peeves now is like these – Fitness superstars with zero experience, zero knowledge, uh, uh, confusing the hell out of your clients or prospective clients, or just people out there really genuinely looking for help. Uh, you want to you wanna rage on that for a bit? Yeah, you know, I'm, <laughs> I've been trying not to. <laughs> but, you know, it's one of those things now where I'm, I'm really like I'm very comfortable with what I do for a living now. And I, I just I can't focus so much on them. But. Yeah, is it? Would I rather not be out there? Yes, because there's a lot of false information given um, just to sell product, um, and there's a lot of people who just want to show their apps on their Instagram page, which I think, yeah, you got to do a little bit, but there's also some overkill. But yeah, I, I wish there was more quality control on all this stuff. Um, it's just, it really is the only industry I ever saw where you can just turn around and take your shirt off and you know, develop a following and make money off of it. It's, it, it's really become very easy for certain people. And there are some incredible coaches out there that have been doing this and grinding their entire life 
that maybe don't understand the social aspect and will never get that type of notoriety because it's it's another side of their business that they're just not good at. So all I can do is tell people is to urge them do do a background check, you know, do a little bit of a background check, go online, try and see, you know, what's their history been or have they trained clients or do they work at a facility or, you know, do they have that type of experience? Um, and if they don't, I don't really know why you listen to them. I mean, they're basically giving you what works for them and it's not a one size fits all thing. You got to look at their body of work more than their body. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good way of putting it. I love that, man. And, uh, last thing before we, uh, get to know, uh, where to follow you and learn more about you, take us through, you know, I, I've done media. I worked at, uh, uh, I'll, I'll share this story with you because this is one of the one of the moments where I was like, I've got to leave Men's Health, where they got this new like publi- uh, publicist, and she wanted to set me up on this uh, talk show, uh, like workouts for going, like wor- workouts you would do when you go on a date. So like it would be date yoga, and like I was just like, you understand, like if I do this. If I do this segment, I will have no street credibility. I've already got a very yeah. low level of street cred. Now it's gone. And uh, so you, you get in these situations where people that, you know, they don't know anything about fitness, but they know how to pitch things that are, you know, TMZ style newsworthy, that catchy headlines uh, resonate with pop culture. How do you navigate that? Because a lot of people in this space, they, they want to be on the shows, and, and, but they also don't want to be like, they don't want guys like Don Saladino saying they're, they're trash because they get stuck on a segment talking about how to lose fat on the upper third quadrant of your ass yeah. specifically. <laughs> well, like, well, like I said, I mean, I had to go through it today. I think Benton's great at doing it also. You've got to just find that sweet spot because if we get, if we came in here and started talking about, you know, the, the anatomy of the human body and, you know, how, you know, uh, uh, you know, areas of the body internally rotate and externally rotate, like no one's going to give a shit. Like you've really got to, find that that fine line of you know educating someone and giving them the information they need but also making it very relatable and very fun and and listen i've gotten criticized in the past like you know i've been someone who has been very um you know consumed by my education and continuing to learn for for myself and when i'm doing things like training on broadway or hanging off of uh you know hanging off of light poles over mercer street doing pull-ups people are like why is don doing that he's selling out it's not that i'm selling out i'm just trying to show people that fitness can be fun and, you know, that those, those pull-ups were damn good though, man. I mean, so, you, know, you know what I'm saying? Like I was in a plank position and I was, I was creating tension in my body. So like there's principles I will just never leave. You won't see me doing a crappy exercise, but I also think it's people lightening up. And Ben even said it like, you know, Ben, on, ben might have a, a client on a movement. And if you're dissecting a video of Kate Upton, maybe you saw the knee go valgus a little bit. And people are kind of criticizing him on that and saying, dude, um, how are you allowed to need to go valgus? And he's just like, dude, relax, man. Like the human body's going to do that once in a while. Like take it easy. So I think it's just finding that line of like not jeopardizing the integrity of what you do, but on the other hand, making it relatable and fun for people. You know, you want to nerd out in what you do, but you don't want to go full nerd. Right. That's where like, we had this, we're in this biohacking age where, you know, I, I, I said this on a previous podcast, but I was listening to an episode and this guy's describing his day and he's listed 37 things that he's done already. It's not even 9 a.m. And I'm like, how how does something I do this for a living and I'm about to go like take take a long walk to nowhere because I'm so overwhelmed with this information. How does how do the people we work with are, are asking us questions manage this today? 
I think I think as I think that's up to the coach. I mean, I think the coach has to realize that what coaching is about for me is recognizing who that individual comes in. Like as you're screening them, I think what makes a good coach is being able to relate with that individual. And as you're training them and giving them information, being able to adjust to whether it's too much information or not enough information. And those are things that you do great. Ben does great. I do really well. And it's just, it's just understanding how far can we push that envelope? Because if we go in and we, you know, it drives me nuts. I mean, people will start coaching before they even see the movement done. You know, you know I, I, I've heard coaches in the past like, all right, you're going to want to get up to the squat bar and you're, you're going to want to grab a kettlebell, hold it in front of you. And then what I want you to do is force your knees out on the way down, but keep your chest up. Okay, and we want to make sure that our back's fine in the beginning. I'm like, dude, relax. Demonstrate <laughs> the movement. You might, they might surprise you. Like, they might turn around, do the movement, and nail it. And what the hell is there to coach? But, like, a lot of coaches, like, hearing themselves talk too much. And it's, uh, that's when you start scaring the client. It's like, all right, dude, shut up. Train. I want to break a sweat. And I want to make sure I don't get hurt and that my body's improving. I mean, that's really, you know, a, a lot of times what it comes down to. So what do you got next on your plate? Any big things coming up? And also, where can they follow you and learn more about you, bro? Awesome. No, no, I really appreciate it. Yeah, so my, my playbook app just launched. So it's my way of being able to deliver content. So I've got my tone-up workouts for the women, my suit-up workouts for the guys. And I update it with a new program every month with bonus workouts. So I'm focusing a lot on that, focusing on my Club Drive 495. And I can be found on my Instagram page at Don Saladino. i got other social handles, but that's my big one. And um, otherwise, I'm just trying to be great at the little things and continue to do what I'm doing. And uh, really, I'm humbled and appreciative to be on someone like yourself's podcast. I mean, it's, it's really a good feeling to be able to come and do this. Did you ever think that you'd be on someone's podcast whose name was the Weekly BJ Podcast? I mean, this, this could be a career <laughs> lowlight, actually. I love it. I want my weekly BJ T-shirt. If you, if you have one, send one over. I'll trade you shirts. <laughs> I mean, people people want it. They want it daily, but it's like, look, let's let's start with realistic expectations. Once a week, I think is already asking a lot. The weekly BJ is good, but the daily BJ man, I think you've really made it in life when you start doing that. It's doing good stuff, but dude, it's really a pleasure, man. Thank that's, you. That's that's when you're living the dream. Any any closing thoughts, man? Uh, people that are thinking about making a change or, you know, want to make fitness more of a lifestyle than anything else. Uh, anything, any words of wisdom you want to leave us with? Yeah. You know, I've been talking to a lot of people about this young, young, young men, women coming to me and they're really thinking about doing it. And if you're thinking about it, it just feels right. Go for it. You know, it's, it's like, it's one of those things. Life's too short and we can't go to work every day, hating what we do. You got to love what you do. And if you love what you do and you enjoy the process, I feel like success is going to come. It'll figure itself out. I love it, dude. Thank you for doing what you do for the industry and you inspire a lot of people like me to keep pushing and getting better. And I will post in the show notes where to follow Don. It's at Don Saladino, D-O-N-S-A-L-A-I-N-O on Instagram. He does a lot of great work there. Uh, S-A-L-A-D-A-D-I-N-O. I I spelled it wrong and I was actually looking at you on Instagram. (laughs) I got distracted by the... You actually, you at least called me. Most most guys are like Dan Saldana. They don't even get it right. So you actually did really well. Well, good, dude, I appreciate that. <laughs> thank you so much for your time. Anything I can ever do to support you, man, let me know. And thank you for listening to this episode. And we'll be back next week with you. another one. Peace, man. BJ, you're the best, man. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to the weekly BJ podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please give us a five-star rating and subscribe to the podcast to be notified when each weekly episode is posted. Follow me everywhere on social media at BJ Gador. 
B-J-G-A-D-D-O-U-R. And for more podcasts, plus workout, meal prep, and mobility content, please visit thedailybj.com, hashtag not a porn site. Membership is just $9.69 per month. Cancel anytime.